In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, listeners. Be advised that this show is an immersive audio experience. It may seem like sounds are coming from the sides or behind you. Listener discretion is advised, as this content is intended for adult audiences only. Q-Code presents A Burned Photo, created by Nicole Esposito. Gosh darn widget! Young man... What on earth is that contraption you fooling with? Oh, hey, uh, speakerphone. University just purchased it, and I haven't quite gotten the hang of... Uh, and there she goes. Huh. What's it do? Uh, it's a sound recorder that captures and preserves your voice on this metal desk here. And then later, I can play it back and listen to it. Gives my wrist a little relief from trying to keep up with the notes. It's the future. Huh. So it's a sort of photograph of my voice? Well, actually, uh, actually, yes, that is an apt description, more direct than I described. Hmm. <laughs> so, Mr. Gurdon, how can I help you? My granddaughter Lucy's got me down here in some mess I don't know nothing about. Said you got some fancy degree and want to ask me about my life? Uh, please. Call me Arthur, and yes, I'm a professor of anthropology here at the university. And uh, Lucille told me you have first-hand experience with certain rites of uh, voodoo. <laughs> voodoo? You think I'm a voodoo? What else Lucy tell you about me? Uh, well, she told me you were a veteran, fought under General Sherman in the Union. Mm-hmm. She said you were an incredible gardener before you retired. Yes, that's right. And that you were born a... Slave, yes. Born 1837 in New Orleans on the Lemieux Plantation. That's what you want to hear? Okay, then. Well, uh, to be honest, Mr. Alphonse, I'm most interested in the other angle. Hmm. You want to know about him, Dr. Joe King. Well, yes. That's what I was hoping. Hmm. Now, how did an educated white boy like you come across Dr. Joaquin? My dissertation research took me to New Orleans, and for a year I interviewed what I guess would now be considered the old guard of voodoo practitioners. Marie Laveau's days. They were impressive. Powerful. But as I was researching, I gathered that there was one man they all feared, even Queen Marie Laveau herself... Some man from across the river named Dr. Joachim. And more confounding was that he seemed to just wash up in Natchez around 1847 out of nowhere. Everyone I had talked to had a different story about where he had come from. 
The best one was him appearing one day out of thin air from the outhouse behind the Under the Hill Saloon. Supposedly, a long line had formed waiting to use it. And suddenly, out he came. This giant man in a tunic with a face so hairy he resembled a bare burlap sack over one shoulder screaming in a language none of them could understand. But it's been hard trying to separate the legend from the truth. <laughs> hmm. God almighty. That man drummed up some legends. Most legends sprout from a seed of truth. That's why I need your testimony, Mr. Alphonse. I want to know the truth. And what you gonna do with the truth? I want my story to become a legend. Because legends have a lesson. And what is that lesson? Dr. Joaquin wasn't a good man. But he wasn't a bad man either. He was just a man. And all men are beholden to their circumstances. I met Joe when I was around about 15. Back then, Natchez was about the richest town in all the South. And Master Montaigne wore that title with pride. He got himself a pretty little mistress named Rosie. Bought her a townhouse. Wasn't long after he snatched me up from the cotton fields and shipped me into town to be a houseboy. I was to fix the things that needed fixing and tend to the garden. I was good in that garden. Always had a green thumb, even as a child. One day, Miss Rosie sent me down to the grocers on Commerce Street. And that was when I first laid eyes on him. Kind of like you said, a giant of a man with a, a hairy beard, mulatto skin, color of a ripe banana. And he was sitting there talking with Annabelle, the catfish lady. Hey, monsieur, hey. You want fresh fish, catfish, five cents a pound. Fresh, you say? Oui, fresh as a baby's bottom, monsieur. Ma's been caught him this morning. Smell for yourself. Sir! Sir! It's a scam! That fish has been sitting out in the sun for two days. Soon as you get close, she'll knock over the whole table and carry on till you feel bad enough to pay for the whole lot. How dare you accuse me? Why don't you move on and mind your business? See that bar there? Get close and she'll kick it so the table collapse. And that man behind the pillar, there, that's her partner, Pollywog. He helps her sell the bit. Seen him do it five, six times. No good mountebank. I despise a cheat. You dirty little roach, interfering with my business. I'll put a creepy on you so good, you'll beg me to kill you instead. You know voodoo, you're just a two-bit con man. Turn the boy loose. Move along, monsieur. You ain't buying the fish, this here don't concern you. I said, turn him loose. I didn't know what was happening at the time, but Joe and Pollywog was having a sort of standoff. Just sitting there staring at each other. And Joe was winning. It was subtle like. Nobody else was paying us no mind, but then I could feel Pollywog catching a tremble as he was holding me. And just like that, he turned me loose. I stood there for a moment, me and Pollywog both trying to make sense of it all. Good day, ma'am. Excuse me, sir. Sir! Hey, sir! Get back here, you filthy shiplets! Sir! The young man with unshakable morals. I suppose I should thank you for what you did back there. Uh, no trouble. And I, you. You live around here, son? Over on Monroe Street, sir. I tend to the gardens for Miss Montaigne. And what do they call you? Alphonse, sir. How do you like tending the garden, Alphonse? Is it a burden you would task, or do you find enjoyment in it? Uh, oh, well, it gives me a few less aches than the cotton fields. <laughs> and, I, and I reckon I, I got a gift for it. I, I must be getting back. Uh, Mrs. will be looking for me. 
Hey there, Alphonse. Wait one moment. If you can ever steal away, would you be interested in earning a little pocket money? I'd like to extend an opportunity. Oh, I don't think Master would allow Take it. Take it over. I will be here tomorrow night, when the clock strikes eight. I was sure of two things. One, Master Montaigne would never allow me to seek employment with the Natchez Freeman. And two, that unquestioned loyalty to Master Montaigne would earn me nothing. Alphonse, I'm glad you came. Can you ride? A mule? <laughs> I can, sir. Climb up. Please cease with the sir business. Call me Joe. He led me away from town, into the Badlands, out along the old Natchez Trace. We rode for miles before he stopped, pushed aside the dogwoods, and uncovered a secret trail through a swamp. That trail led to a clearing with a rickety shack, and almost hidden behind that shack was the decrepit old barn. I thought, ain't nothing of value could be in a shack looking like that. But Joe took a key from round his neck and unlocked that shanty old barn. <laughs> what I saw inside nearly took me to an early grave. It was a garden. A garden all covered over with this kind of hazy purple cloud. Never seen nothing like it. What is this place? It's a secret place. Keep the secret and remain loyal to me and you'll buy your freedom in a year. Tell anyone about this place and you'll die choking on your own blood. Come on in. Will this purple stuff hurt me? No, it's safe. It's my artificial atmosphere. Really, it's, it's all right. Come on. Just watch your fingers and your toes. Oh, what the hell is that? It's a scallywag. It looks hungry. Let's feed it. A plant that eats chicken? They love it. They're little, so you've got to grind it down for them to digest it. They eat any meat, matter of fact. So watch yourself. What's this one? Wadding's root. That one's not vicious. Come on. Touch it. This is the softest thing I've ever felt. They like salt, spoiled milk, and rifter seed if you can find it. Those there with the star-shaped leaves are Hattonsburg. They're a little droopy on account of the pibbling infestation. Uh, pibbling? Oh! Ooh. Whoa! I, th I think it tripped me on purpose. That's Lamavagan. And you best to stay clear of it. I have to keep them sedated with chloroform lest they knock down this greenhouse and strangle everything in sight. As long as you stay aware and pay attention to what I teach you, you'll be just fine in here. The only thing is, those three pink spirals hanging up there, you see them? Mm -hmm. Don't touch them. Don't go near them. You touch one of those and I'll cut your member off and leave you on the side of the road. You hear? Oh, I, I hear you. I hear you, sir. Alphonse, I am not your master. Call me Joe. You're free to leave here whenever you want. But I suspect you don't want to. No, sir. I, <laughs> Joe. I, I don't... I don't reckon I do. Are you a voodoo? If I were, would you be afraid of me? No. That's the white folks that scared of voodoo. I, I think all of us Negroes got a little voodoo in us. It's what keeps us vital. That's quite the thought. So, who are you then? 
I am Alexander. Before he conquered his empire. I had been working with Joe for about three months before he started letting me in on who he was or what we were doing there in that wild garden. Piblins! Oh, grab it! Under there! Get it! There's a whole nest of them! Grab it and throw it into the bucket. Got one! Look, put the lid on them. How did the piblings get in here anyway? Pebbling eggs were caught into the plasma of the artificial atmosphere. They're pests for certain, but they have their uses. Like what? You'll understand one day. <sighs> Famous words. What's the wadding roots leaves for? You'll understand one day. What's the black liquid you inject into the pink spirals? You'll understand one day. Been here for three months and still don't have any idea what I'm doing here. You still don't trust me. Leaving you curious keeps you coming back. I risk a beating every time I sneak away from Miss Rosie's. Don't that prove nothing about my commitment? Well, I guess it does. All right. I'll answer one question tonight. What is it? Wadding's fruit? Peddling eggs? Where are you from? Really? Why don't you believe I'm from Natchez? Freeman head north first chance they get? And they certainly don't migrate here, let alone with the Purple Bubble Garden. That's a long story. We've got lots of weeds to pull. I'm from another world. That's a more off-putting answer than you'll understand someday. I'm not pulling your leg. It's complicated. Look, my world is right here, existing right on top of us but its particles vibrate at a slightly different speed. You sure make things hard to understand. I grew up in another world, a town called Penetquau. My father had a farm that would take your breath away. Hundreds of plants that I could not make grow in this world. When I became a man, I left home for a city to be trained as an explorer. An explorer? Yes. A professional traveler, if you will. I learned to read etchings and powerful chants that could change my vibration, forcing me through the cracks of reality. The things I've seen I cannot describe in words. Worlds stacked on top of each other like an endless deck of cards. My fellow explorers and I climbed through them, searching for resources we could bring home. Why, it, is that why you're here? You looking for resources? No. I never aimed to be here. One day, I was making a seed delivery for my father to follow Loom. But the spell must have been smudged. And instead of follow Loom, I ended up here in Natchez. I tried that spell to return home a hundred times. But I'm... I broke something that day. The tunnel home collapsed in on itself. Well, will someone come looking for you? Doubtful. My family believes I'm dead. I've been here for seven years now. These plants here are the progeny of the last of my seeds. What will you do with the harvest? Turn us into two very rich men. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Even as Joe began to open up, I still got the impression he was holding back. But 
So long as he paid me, I just went right along with his stories. Boy, what in God's name are you doing lurking around here in the dark after bed hours? Oh, master, ma- master, I, um, oh, we weren't expecting y'all till tomorrow, sir. I-, I was just closing that there gate. Mm-hmm, it was slamming in the wind and I didn't want it to be a bother. You're lucky I didn't have my pistol. Dark is sneaking around after hours usually get it right between the eyes. Go on now, get to bed. Yeah. What you got in your pocket there, boy? Go on. Pull it out and let me see. I caught the worst whooping I had ever had that night. I told Master I found the money. Didn't matter. Slaves ain't supposed to be walking around with pocket change. He locked me in my room for the better part of three days. But the worst part was, he sent me back across the river to the cotton fields. Far from Joe. That's terrible. Hmm. Sure was. I actually wanted to go back to something you said earlier. The bit about Dr. Joachim saying there were worlds stacked on top of each other like a deck of cards. That's... Actually, that may not be a tall tale. Have you heard of the Green Children of Woolpit? Or of a certain manuscript shopped around by a Polish bookseller named Voynich? Mm-hmm. I know about the Green Kids. That's my Lucy's favorite store. Lucille's a brilliant lady. I used to copy her notes in college. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, yes, we're almost at the end of the disc. Uh, let me change it over. Ah, there, <laughs> there we go. Uh, so, Mr. Alphonse, uh, you did eventually return to Natchez and Dr. Joachim. Mm-hmm, I did. About a year later, the following August. Master sent me on back to the townhouse because Miss Rosie was in the vapors over her prize roses. Seems the boy they had sent in my stead wasn't able to keep him alive. Guess he didn't know about a little... Dried mercada leaf from Joe's garden would plump up those flowers fatter than an overfed tick. <laughs> <laughs> While I'd been gone, I'd been wondering about how Joe was getting on and how the harvest had gone. Didn't take no time for me to get an answer. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. By the grace of heaven, Alphonse! You. I didn't think we was ever going to see you again. Y'all look as happy to see me as these rose bushes. Oh, it's been quiet here without you. Everyone's saying you got sent away on account of associating with Dr. Joe King. Nancy, shh. Miss Rosie here is you going to be sent across the river. Ah, she's at the beauty shop with that Miss Clara Bridges. Don't know what Miss Clara's hoping they can do for her, though. Lady uglier than an ashy foot. Hush <laughs> up now, child, before you get us all in trouble. So, Alphonse, is it true what they saying? Dr. Joe Kim got an angel locked up under the old fort? And was he really carrying on romantic like with Marie Laveau? Child, you need to stop listening to gossip. All tall tales ain't gossip, Mary. So, what y'all saying about Joe? Joe? So you have associated with him? He got a pharmacy under the hill. Dr. Joe Kim's apothecary. An apothecary? Is that right? Yup, that's what they saying. You know old Ben over down the canal plantation? Well, he was suffering mighty bad from his arthritis, and his master ain't have no mercy on him despite it. Dr. Joachim gave him a jar of this thick gray salve and cured him. And Bessie, the chicken lady, her poor little girl rendered lame from the polio. Dr. Joachim swapped her a bottle of pills for a basket of eggs, and now that little girl is running all around town. Is that so? Yeah, she ain't fibbing. <laughs> Every Freeman and low white and Natchez talking about Joe Keem and his miracle drugs. The rich white folk won't go near him, of course, but you can't make the rounds around town without hearing his name these days. Unfortunately, Master Montaigne had put a new lock on my door. But, fortunately, Miss <laughs> Rosie wasn't particularly creative about where she hid the spare key. Joe! Joe? 
You in there? It's me, Alfonso. Wait, 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 wait! Don't shoot! Don't shoot! Who are you? You work for Voodoo Tom? I don't know no Voodoo Tom. I just came to see Joe. Cash, cash. Put the gun down. He's an old friend. Yeah, I uh, I apologize. Ain't you ever held a gun before? Hmm? The only thing you're gonna do is put a bullet in your foot. I'm, I was I was holding it just fine. As I live and breathe, Alphonse, my prodigal son has returned. In the flesh. A little worse for the web, but still kicking. And right back at my doorstep. The story about Montaigne shipping you back to the cotton fields made the rounds. I can't help but feel a bit responsible. I knew the risk coming in. I need to be more careful this time. Hmm. You're coming back. For good. Uh, Cassius and I can certainly use all the help we can get. We've been getting along all right here, Joe. Just you and me. The acidity in the scallywag soil hadn't been quite right since you left. All right then, Joe. Put me to work. Even more beautiful than when I left. Somehow the colors are even brighter. I ain't never seen nothing like it. And somehow we were able to maintain it without you putting around. You're bringing plantation politics into my garden now, Cash. There's no crabs in a barrel here. Show Alphonse what needs doing. I'm going to work in my office. Are those the Scalloway? They are ten times the size as when I left. They're hungry. Let's feed them. They eat a whole chicken now? Won't you at least have some mercy and break the chicken's neck first? Well, Joe says the dung is more vital if the scallywags eat them alive. The dung? Yeah, come here. Grab a shovel. This is what Joe is really after with the scallywags. Shit. Yep, sell it by the jaw. This stuff will make any scar disappear. After we finish it, we'll harvest the Wadding's roots flowers. If they're yellow, you leave them alone. If they're orange, they're ready for picking. All right. <clears throat> so who you belong to? John Barrington. Got me tending his garden and his orchards. John Barrington? Master Montaigne says his plantation is the richest in the whole United States. Yeah, it could be. I ain't never seen one bigger. Or one with as many slaves. Well, I overheard Master Montaigne talking about him before. He don't seem to like him much. Said he's a pansy living off his daddy's money. Don't seem to like his son Irvin much either. Said his heart is blacker than cold. Master John's okay as far as masters go, I reckon. He knows I've been learning to read and write, and he turns a blind eye. As long as I keep up with my labor, he don't seem to care. Gives me Sundays off to worship, too. Well, now his son, young Master Irving. Young Master Montaigne got him just right. Heart blackened and cold in the dead of night. The devil himself would take instructions from him. You learning to read and write? Wow. How, how did you get to be his favorite? My father was Master Barrington's personal butler. When I was real small, I was tasked to be the playmate to Master's son, Ephraim. When I got a little older, I became his manservant. When Ephraim and I was around 12, Master went on a trip to New York and came back with the fever. Everyone in the house fell ill. And then one by one, we buried my mother and my father, and my baby sister Carla, Mrs. Barrington, and finally Ephraim. Both me and the Master were alone. So he sort of took me in. Well, I'm, I'm sorry about your family. Well, that was 15 years ago. I've since started my own family. Beautiful wife, Esther, and two girls, Charlotte and Virginia. Your master do all right with that? You moving on with your own family and leaving him alone? I've heard some wild stories. I reckon so. I mean, he found him a new wife, Miss Constance, and got him some new kids with her too, Irvin and Narcissa. Sissy, they call her. My Virginia runs around with Sissy like I used to run around with Ephraim. So you working with Joe to buy your freedom, too? Well, for Hester and the girls, yes. 
Master John says, if I come up with the money, he'll sign the papers. Well, what about you? He won't have it. Says I'm too valuable. But I'm going to do what I can for my girls. Wait until you see the pharmacy. We sell miracles there. I heard some folks talking about it. So it's true. I don't know what Joe told you. But he's from another world. Oh, he's still spinning that yarn? I don't know where he come from. The medicine is much more advanced. He says he's surprised our species was able to survive this long with the stuff we've been using. Where is he anyway, huh? See, he's leaving us to shovel shit. Most likely he's working magic. What we doing here? Gonna make the world a better place. And men like us, Negroes, is gonna be at the forefront. Or oh, so he says. Did you believe that? That Joachim had good intentions for mankind? Hmm. All these years, I still ain't worked that out. At the time, though, I didn't care. I wanted freedom. And working with Dr. Joachim and his miracle pills and potions was the one way I could attain that. We harvested straight through to October. Then, all the plants went dormant for the winter. And we moved to the apothecary. We had steady business from freemen and low whites, but the rich white folk still wouldn't have nothing to do with us. What are you doing? Out like this? Cry. Don't beat it like a dirty rod. Are you alright? You look a wreck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm late. Master Barrington's daughter, Sissy, is taking ill. What afflicts her? No telling. She started with the coughing about a month ago. Then she got as thin as a cat's tail. Now she's in bed, burning with fever, spitting up blood. Doctor says she won't last till Christmas. Well, I'm sure Mr. Barrington is setting up the best doctors to see. The doctors say they ain't no hope. They had me running all over town fetching this and that. Bring the child here. Here? To the apothecary shop? Master Barrington would never allow it. If you want that child to live, you'd better convince him otherwise. Put it there, on the cot. Daddy, I'm cold. Are you absolutely sure about this, Cassius? This place looks like a rubbish heap. Are you Joe Kim? Uh, name's Alphonse, sir. Well, where's this Joe Kim fellow? Can you tell him we were coming, Cassius? Time is of the essence. Hello, Mr. Barrington. I'm Dr. Joe Kim. Well, Cassius tells me that you're some sort of sorcerer who can work miracles. Cash flatters me. Well, I'll be frank with you. I have little patience for Negro voodoo. All that wailing about nonsense about spirits. Having time to waste if that is your practice. I am not a voodoo. I am, like you, a man of science. Mr. Barrington, I understand you've summoned the finest doctor south of Mason-Dixon to tend to this girl. Yes, that is correct. And somehow you're still here, seeking my help. Well, I never. You uppity... What I'm saying to you, Mr. Barrington, is what do you have to lose? <coughs> Sissy, darling. <coughs> Do what Dr. Joe Kim says. I don't feel good, Papa. Cash, fetch me my banango root from behind the counter. Alphonse, you go to the pantry, find me the jar of ruby red liquid with the consistency of blood. Give it here. Let me mix it. Drink this, girl. Drink it all down. Drink it, darling. <laughs> darling. Are you all right? Joe Kim, help her. She's choking. Child, you must drink every drop. Move out of the way, you hack. She's turning Parents and stand back. Don't you give me orders. <coughs> Suit yourself. Sissy. Sissy, dear. What have you done to her? She's frothing. Are you ready to step aside, Barrington? <coughs> yes. Yes, doctor. Please. Help my girl. Now hush. All of you. 
And I implore you, Mr. Barrington, remain silent. You will be tempted to cry out. Do not. Salim. Ya. Rinitai. Salim ya. Rinitai. Salim ya. Rinitai. Sissy. Salim ya. Rinitai. Salim ya. Rinitai. Sissy. Salim ya. She in a trance? What's happening? Salim ya. She's convulsed! Sissy! You're killing her! Leave her be! Master Barry! Salam ya, Renetae! Salam ya, Renetae! I understand. Sissy! Sissy! Let go of me, Cassius! Ow! I will, I will have you hanged, Joe Kim. You'll be swinging from the strongest limb in town center by dawn. Oh, Joe, what have we done? On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. I want to get all of the hat and spurt root up on top of that shelf there, all right? All right, then. I'll take care of it. You think Cash is all right? He ain't showed up in two days. I hope Master Barrington ain't take it out on him what happened to that girl. She was good as dead when he brought her in here anyways. Ain't you worried about Master Barrington sending out to get you? What do you do? What are you hollering about, Cash? And you know you don't have to always come in here banging like there's a fire. Sissy, what did you do to her? I put her in a trance and communicated with her inner self. Taught her inner self how to fight the disease. Master Barrington is beside himself. It worked. She's completely cured. Master Barrington was gearing up his horses, about to rally the lynch mob and come here and string you up. And the girl all of a sudden got some color in her cheeks. I mean, they were rosier than I have ever seen. Stop Master Barrington right in his tracks. He put the whole thing on hold. She slept the whole next day, looking snug as a weevil in a bowl. Whew. The day after that, she sat up in bed smiling. And today, she's out there running around the house singing Christmas carols. Oh, I'm glad it summed mm. up nicely. There was only half a chance it would work with the child in the condition she was in. I don't know how I can ever thank you. You're not the one who should be doing the thanking. A man's character reveals itself in mysterious ways. How do you feel? Good. I, I feel really good. <laughs> you know what the feeling is. That fluttering in your stomach, the pounding in your chest. That's the seizure of power. You are powerful. Joe's a good man. Sure, sure. But you know he ain't do that for the girl, right? What do you mean? He did it for us. And for himself. For the three of us. How's that? John Barrington is the richest man in Mississippi. And now he's going to be singing all of our praises all over the South. Soon enough, every rich white man and woman is going to be lined up, knocking on that door, fighting over our pills and potions. Well, Master Barrington is beside himself. Told me he'd give me anything I want in repayment. Anything? You asked for your freedom? I did. And he told me he would allow me to buy my freedom. But because I'm so valuable to him, it would cost me three times as much. 
Oh, you'll be working until the day you die trying to buy your freedom. Especially with me also trying to buy Hester's and the girl's freedom. So what did you say? I made a deal with him. Told him I would keep on working for him until the day he died. But upon his death, he would give me, Hester, and, and any of my children freedom. And he agreed to that? Surprisingly, he did. Hmm. Looked right there at Sissy running around, cheeks pinker than a lamb of vegan, and agreed to. I guess the better question is, do you trust he's going to keep his word? He already amended his will. Uh, I surely do hope so, Cash. I ain't never run across no white man was trustworthy. Only person I can trust with my freedom is me. talking in a while. <laughs> of course. I'm sorry I didn't offer before, Mr. Alphonse. Thank you. That's fine. Alright. Now, where were we? Hmm. Cash. Cash had what few slaves in the day had. Optimism. I loved him and hated him for it. Luckily, Things turned out just as Joe had planned. Every landowner in Natchez heard about the man in the woods curing Narcissa Barrington. And suddenly, the apothecary could barely keep up with the requests. And with just a few weeks before our next harvest, I marched right into Master Montaigne's office, plucked down a hefty sack of money, and bought my own freedom. Just like that? He let you go? Mm-hmm. Word had been traveling around the slave quarters that Master Montaigne had gotten himself into a mess of money trouble with some card games and some whores down somewhere near Raleigh. He saw me coming in with that sack, and he jumped on it like a dog on a piece of meat. So, did you head north like the other freemen? No. Surprisingly, I stayed put in Natchez. The apothecary was doing really well, and Joe needed me. I spent my days in the apothecary shop and my nights in the greenhouse with cash. About a year later, I was able to buy my own parcel of land, about half an acre. I built a little house and started my own garden. And then I caught the eye of the prettiest girl in all Natchez, Susie Hamilton. <laughs> when you gonna make an honest woman out of Susie? You don't want the town to start talking. Ah, uh, this town would talk no matter what I do. Nothing but a bunch of wagging tongues. I wanna have everything all set up for her when I take her as my wife. I'm getting some chickens, I'm gonna build a greenhouse of my own. Oh, what in Lord's name? Ah, uh, that's just Joe exploring again. As of late, he's been producing plenty of strange sounds. Speaking of honest woman, how's that Hester doing with the abundance? Driving me crazy. <laughs> Every day I get home, the kitchen ain't, ain't nothing but pills all over the place with, with a big pot of sweet potatoes boiling on the fire. She's some mashed with butter and won't eat nothing else. I tell her my boy needs some hearty food and she tells me, mind my, my business. <laughs> <laughs> You sound so sure she's carrying a boy this time. Yeah, I can feel it. Oh, there it is again. What is it? I can't be sure, but it sounds like a dying rabbit, don't it? Joe went exploring last night, and I heard those same shrieks once an hour. I thought of some more names for when I'm free. I want to see what you think. Okay, let's hear it. Cassius Moses. No, no, don't quite flow. Cassius Rambler. Mm. Cassius Jackson. Mm. Cassius Gardner. Why not Cassius Freeman? Got a nice ring to it, don't it? Every black man gets free calls himself Freeman. I want something of my own. 
that name gonna outlive me. And I'm gonna give it to my unborn son to get it his son. It's gotta be perfect. Well, you got plenty of time to think on it. Master Barrington is healthier than an ox. He ain't dropping dead for a good long while. Boys, quickly! Forget all that! I need you here, now! Cash! A bucket! Al! I need that black serum! All of it! But you told me to never, never mind touch! That. Get it, now! Alright, Al. Pour that serum into the bucket. All of it. All the way to the top. What have you got under your shirt, Joe? This. That beautiful. That glow. Brighter than the moon. What? What are they? And where'd you find them? The eggs. They'll hatch into the most powerful thing in this universe. What are you doing with that knife? Come here. I'll show you. I had never seen Dr. Joe King smile like that. Those two little glowing balls had driven him to ecstasy. I didn't know what they were, but it was drawing me and Cash both in like moths to the flame. But I noticed something else, too. Those flesh-eating scallywags had balled themselves up like scared kittens. The rebellious Lamivagans were cowering against the wall. Even the gentle Hattonsburg stalks had bent themselves backwards trying to get as far away from them twin glowing orbs as possible. Whatever it was Dr. Joachim had brought into the greenhouse, the plants were terrified. And that scared me something awful. Come here, boys. Come here. No, no, I don't want no parts of this. I just want to touch it. Al Alphonse, come back. It's all right. I stood outside the greenhouse, not knowing whether to return inside or run as far away as I possibly could. But terrified as I was, there was something thrilling about the energy coming off those two balls of light. I felt almost paralyzed. Then the jam began. Back now, Al. It's done. The Burn Photo stars in order of appearance. Peyton Krim as Arthur Gurdon. Daryl Brown as Elderly Alphonse. Chris J. Alex as Dr. Joachim. Brandon Michael Hall as Alphonse. Tyler Seipel as Polywalk, Curtis Cook as Cash. Additional performances by Caroline Patz, Jesse Bork, Renee Veronica Freeman, Taylor Polidor, and Keith Barber. Created by Nicole Esposito. Written by Nicole Esposito and Quinn Perry. Directed by Quinn Perry and Jeremy Novick. Executive produced by Roy Lee, Angus McClune, Rob Herding, David Henning, Sandra Yi Ling, Michelle Zarati, Charmaine Bingua, and Nicole Esposito. Co-executive producer, Quinn Perry. Produced by Shenyin Hiyu. Original score and composition by Darren Johnson. Music editor, Ryan Kessley. Audio engineering by Ryan Walsh and Neely Oftering. Edited by Neely Oftering. Additional editor, Beatrice Neronia. Sound design by The Audio Hive, Jose Varon and Jeffrey Kanick. Mixed by Lance Lumpagina. Supervising mixer, Ben Milchev. Casting directors, Chelsea Block, Marisol Rancali, and Mayank Batter at Atomic Honey. Casting director for guest roles, Andrea Bunker. Assistant director, Kelsey Adams. 
Script Supervisor, Sam Beasley. Set Teacher, Celeste Armstrong. Assistant Engineering by Beatrice Noronha. Production Coordinator, Brendan Wisner and Bailey Grayson. Production Assistant, Nathan Yan. Alexandra Bashidi and Ben Swimmer. Post Coordinator, Marlene Amant and Rachel Yanover. Production Legal, Christina Bulbrook and Lindsay Keel. Production Accounting, Hin Chun Lu. Special thanks to Ashton Harold. This podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFRA collective bargaining agreement. The Burn Photo is a Vertigo Entertainment and Q-Code production. Get ready for Tangents with Tyler and Todd, a brand new podcast that will be the newest addition to your weekly routine. Hi, I'm Tyler. And I'm Todd, and we're your hosts, ready to dive in headfirst as we explore life's biggest questions. We were kind of caught up in other people's goals of what's normal. And not for a moment did we let up the gas enough to think, what do we want? While giving ourselves permission to go completely off the rails. I don't think that... Dildo is, you can make it an adjective. Dildoine? Yeah. Did I do that or did they? It's giving comedy show with a sprinkle of soul searching on top. Premiering October 18th, Tangents with Tyler and Todd is your new go-to podcast that will make you laugh, cry, and question everything. With new episodes every Wednesday, get ready to laugh, learn, and grow with us every week. Tangents is coming and you won't want to miss this. Mark your calendars for October 18th and subscribe to Tangents with Tyler and Todd wherever you listen to your podcasts. Everyone needs a break from the real world. That's why we played games as kids, and that's why we should play games as adults. I'm Troy Lavalley. And I'm Joe O'Brien. And back in 2015, we started a podcast called The Glass Cannon Podcast, a show made up of comedians and actors playing a fantasy role-playing game. And now is the perfect time to start listening because we just started a brand new story. It's basically Lord of the Rings meets Game of Thrones meets X-Files. Search for The Glass Cannon Podcast on your podcast app of choice. Hey, life is hard, so come play pretend with us.